CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with Don and I here on Your Money and Your Life as we talk about investing finance and retirement and who is the rich. That's going to be our topic this week. We're going to get into some good stuff here with Don as always. And so, uh, well, Don, we're halfway into the year. I guess we're at the halfway point at the time we're doing this podcast. What's going on, my friend? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Time keeps on marching on, right, Mark? It's, Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's, it's, you know, getting close to that half year point. We mentioned that last time. The last time we spoke, I guess, was right after Memorial Day, right? Right. So it was, uh, you know, it was only a few weeks ago. But uh, here's a question. Are we officially PC now, Mark? I'm not talking about politically correct. I'm talking about post-COVID, yes, right? And, and yes, and maybe. <laughs> yes, we're PC for sure. And COVID, post-COVID, I don't know. We're, I don't know what that, I don't know what we're going to do there. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I saw on the front page of the Wall Street Journal yesterday, even California now is 100% open. Yeah, but Europe's locking down again. So yeah, at the time well, we're doing they're this. Extending extending, they're extending yeah, their lockdown yeah. in, the, in the UK because yeah. of this Delta variant. Right, but, right, yeah. You know, I wonder how we're going to reflect on this, Mark, um, like five <laughs> years from now. <laughs> right. right. Is it going to be like, uh, you know, like five years after 9-11, right? It was still kind of like in your head. Yeah, yeah. But was, I guess that would be like 2006, right? So, you know, what were we thinking back then? I, you know, it's hard to even put yourself in that position, you know, going back 15 years and what you were thinking. But uh, Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, it, right now we're kind of coming out of it, so we're just—it's you know, still pretty fresh. Well, you know, the average. My wife does a lot of this stuff with what she does for a living, and the average, you know, pandemics through the through the decades or through the years when we've had them have been about a five-year, you know, bit, you know, to get through them. Uh, so it is curious to see what we'll think about it in five years. My my prediction is one thing we'll see is commercials that say. You know, did you get this shot? You might be entitled for compensation. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know those right. are coming, right? You know in five, six, seven years, some lawyer is going to think, hey, we can do, you know, these commercials for that. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's yeah, my thought. Or anyway. you'll see billboards all over the highway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yep, it's just the, the nature of the world we live in, right? I mean, there, there's always an, an attorney looking to uh, sue for something, even if oh, yeah. it's uh, something that, you know, it's been a net benefit for society. So what else is going on since the last show? You know, I, getting back to that last show, Mark, I want to clarify my position okay. uh, from our last show when we discussed people moving out of the state mm-hmm. uh, of New Jersey to the Carolinas or Florida. You know, basically we talked about due to weather or cost of living. I think I made it seem like I'm down on my state, Mark, but you know, I, just to be clear, I love New Jersey, especially this time of year, right? Everything right. is in full bloom. The evenings are cool enough that you can wear a light jacket. And uh, even this morning, I, I woke up, took a walk early. It was like 55 degrees. It's just perfect, right? You can wear a, a sweatshirt or a light jacket and get some fresh air without dealing with the, this abject humidity. And uh, But this is like, you know, the perfect time of year here. We do have a lot of great benefits in New Jersey, the beaches and hiking and bike trails and you know of course we've always thought about proximity to new york city and philadelphia as being a big plus right and uh you know i read that even though we have the highest cost of living here Mm -hmm. we were voted number one in New Jersey, in overall quality of life. And they kind of encompass that as with safety, uh, education, health, and a lot of these other lifestyle issues. But regarding safety, you know, I, I'm kind of something you take for granted that, uh, 
it is a safe state. I mean, there's just not a lot of crime. I guess maybe it's just the, in the area I live in. I don't think about it. But I think growing up, where I grew up, it was close to Newark. Mm-hmm, right. uh, there was a lot more crime there. But I just don't, you know, we feel pretty safe here. And uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but sometimes I'll leave my doors open in the daytime when I'm working <laughs> in the house. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Well, you know, I didn't take it as that you uh, were definitely down on your state in the last podcast. I actually found it pretty informative because some people, a lot of people do think about doing different things when moving for retirement. And we don't really consider some of the stuff that we talked about in the different types of taxes and the different types of things. And you get and you get lured in by the no no income tax or you know or something like that no state tax or something like that but then when you start kind of diving into the minutia maybe it's not that big of a benefit after all so i definitely took it as a actually a pretty informative way to t- have a conversation so yeah, no we got worries good feedback there. from that show we did yeah absolutely well let's transition don and get into uh, the rich here uh, we hear a lot about the income inequality right now obviously that's one of the many things that we tout about on a regular basis and the rich not paying their fair share of taxes. That's a pressing issue since currently we have, uh, you know, well, basically right around $30 trillion in, uh, in federal debt here that's going to have to be paid at some point. So the question maybe comes in is who exactly is the rich? Because this seems very subjective, right? Everybody could say, I mean, somebody has a little bit more than you, you might say, well, they're rich. Or maybe it's got to be a whole lot more as they're degrees of rich. So who exactly is rich? And what does this mean for taxes and the wealthy and the rest of us really for that matter? You know, it's a great question. You hear that term bandied about a lot, right, Mark? The rich. Yeah. And and uh, you know, former uh, U.S. Senator Russell Long had a great line when it came to uh, setting tax policy. He was a very powerful senator in the 20th century. He said, in the perspective of his constituents' thinking, uh, the thinking was, uh, "Here's the quote: Don't tax me. Don't tax thee. Tax that guy behind the tree." <laughs> so uh, senator long was considered the most like i said the most powerful senator of his time right ironically most people never heard of him though Mm -hmm. and and, but according to a a survey here from uh, charles schwab uh once you've accumulated 2.3 million dollars i don't know where they get that number exactly but 2.3 million dollars in personal net wealth Mm -hmm. you can call yourself wealthy now is that like money or is that like property and assets or that's a, a, investable net worth investable okay right on the other hand you know people uh responding to a, a, a survey a couple of years ago from a market research uh, website called u.gov right said that you need to earn a hundred thousand dollars a year to be rich okay. and, and you know when i saw that i remember being a young guy just starting out and thinking man if i only earned a hundred thousand dollars i would be set for life but then, of course, you get married and have kids, and reality <laughs> sets in. Right. And right. Uh, you know, in a hundred thousand dollars in New Jersey, it certainly does not make you rich. Um, even most people, Mark, who have saved two point three million dollars, would not consider themselves wealthy. Um, I- I'm sure that survey had many respondents who were quite young mm-hmm. uh, that may look at two million dollars and perceive that as having uh, true wealth. Right. But for those who are near retirement or in retirement, Mark, I refer to $1 million in savings as the $40,000 dilemma. Hmm, Interesting. We're going to definitely talk about that. Although I was thinking about this category of the rich, and I read something a while back that said if you just had $10 in your pocket, 
uh, that you are in the top 1% in the world. At any given time, if you had $10 in actual money in your pocket, you would be mm. in the top 1% of the world. It gives us kind of a perspective of, of the varying degrees globally, right, when it comes to what is rich. So let me ask you then to follow this up. So what do you mean by this $40,000 dilemma if you've got a million in savings? Well, what I mean by that is a 4% is considered what they call a safe income rate, Uh, Mark, in retirement. Mm -hmm. So 4% of $1 million is $40,000. So you can't really live on $40,000 comfortably in most of the United States, particularly in the East Coast. You know, of course, we need to consider Social Security as well as perhaps a pension income, and you have to add to that number. Mm -hmm. But the point is that $1 million alone really doesn't get you very far in retirement. Got it. Okay. So the definition, again, of rich is certainly a matter of opinion. We know that in perspective. And a million does not go as far as it used to, as far as we think it does. Uh, But what about the issue of the truly rich not paying their fair share of taxes and that whole conversation? And would a tax increase on the wealthy you know, perhaps pay down a big chunk of this $30 trillion we've got out there. You know, uh, I think I just saw uh, Bezos' ex-wife has given away $8 billion of the uh, of the money he, he gave to her. Um, you know, things of that nature. So it maybe fund some of these government programs, infrastructure, so on and so forth. So like the really, truly, truly rich. So the issue with taxes on the wealthy, Mark, is that most people think that someone else who makes a lot more than they are is wealthy. It gets back to that Senator uh, Long quote, right? Right. Here's the some statistics. The average salary in the United States is $65,000. Okay. Okay. Getting back to your quote on the $10 in your pocket, the average salary worldwide is only $9,000. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The median net worth in this country is $100,000. Okay. And the okay. average net worth worldwide is close to zero. So when it comes to paying taxes, there are almost 150 million taxpayers. So the top 1% would be about 1.5 million taxpayers, right? Okay. And the top 1% of taxpayers pay more in income taxes than the bottom 90% combined. Right. Yeah. I've seen some of that stuff and it's pretty interesting, but it, it feels skewed sometimes when we see these numbers. So how much do you need, Don, to, to earn to be in that top 1%? Well, according to the numbers, it's about $500,000 per year. Okay. Okay. A little bit more than that. And we have some links we'll throw up that breaks all this down. But the reality is that there's just not enough people in that top 1% mark to put a serious dent in the national debt. Hmm. So often politicians, especially around election time, (laughs) they talk about billionaires and millionaires when they describe the rich and taxes. Mm -hmm. However, when tax rates go up or benefits are eliminated, they don't target only billionaires and millionaires because there's just not enough of them. They target hardworking, middle affluent clients or citizens. That's what I call my clients, middle affluent citizens. Right. Just remember that that quote that I mentioned before about you know taxing that guy behind the tree. It seems like in Washington, you're lumped into the rich if you earn a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars a year. Great point. So I'll yeah. give you an example. When the stimulus payments were sent out this year and mm-hmm. even last year, the income cutoff for a single person, Mark, was $75,000. Yep. 
and it's always double for married people. So right, it's 150,000. Right. The education credit, $80,000. The child care credit, $75,000. And if you remember a couple of years ago, the state and local uh, federal uh, tax deduction, these SALT deductions, mm -hmm. is now limited to a hundred, uh, only $10,000 of expenses. Yeah, so these relate to the tax breaks and the credits based on the income. You know, and yeah, that's a great illustration and point of that. How about income tax rates? At what point uh, do the, I guess, policymakers consider us rich? Is it is it still that kind of uh, that kind of number you were talking about, the hundred thousand or so? Yeah, let, let's look at that closely. So okay. look at it this way: Tom Brady, right, <laughs> right, is the highest paid athlete at eighty million dollars per year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, apparently, half of that is endorsements, half of that is salary, sure. but that is that's his annual income: eighty million dollars per year. Wow. So he's at the top tax bracket. Income tax bracket, right? Income tax yeah. bracket, right? Of thirty-seven percent federal. Okay tax bracket. You mentioned Jeff Bezos' wife, but Jeff Bezos is the world's richest man still, mm -hmm. even after being divorced. Can you imagine that? Giving away like, well, like 15 billion or something like that. Yeah, crazy. Uh, it, it was staggering. Yeah. But his net worth is well over $100 billion. Mm -hmm. However, his income is a paltry $1.7 billion. <laughs> what he's paying himself, right? Or yes. what the company's paying him or whatever. Yeah. Company pays him $1.7 million. Yeah. Uh, ironically, that's less than a backup shortstop for a major league baseball team. Mm -hmm. Okay, but he's also in that thirty-seven percent highest tax bracket. But if you earn over one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars and you're a single person, you're almost in that highest tax bracket. You're in thirty-two percent tax bracket. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so your tax bracket's only five points lower than theirs. Hmm. Okay. And people ask themselves, why is that, right? Why? Well, that's where the money is, right? There are 15 million taxpayers with incomes over $150,000. That's over 10% of all the taxpayers. Right, okay. There's just yeah. not enough multi-multi-millionaires and billionaires to go around to tax. Right. That's why I say if you have uh, income over $100,000 or savings over two million or three million dollars you do have a bullseye on your back from the perspective of policymakers because you likely have an ira or a 401k that's never been taxed and they're just dying to get their hands on this money in washington so you have to ask yourself a few questions one do you think tax rates are going up or down mm -hmm. right is a large portion of your savings in things like IRAs and 401ks. And thirdly, do I have a strategy to deal with this? Yeah, no, great questions. And really interesting when we think about how to break that down. And it does get frustrating. We hear these conversations about a, a you know an uber wealthy tax and them coming up with something to tax those really, really high income people a little extra uh, because of that disparity. But that becomes a slippery slope because then you wonder, you know, at what point do they go ahead and retarget us to your point with the bullseye on our back? So if you have uh, no answers to some of those questions Don just asked you and you need some help, then make sure you reach out to him. Get started with that 15-minute strategy session, folks. Give him a call at 800-664-1183 if you're not already working with him. 800-664-1183. 
uh, reach out to him at his website, donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Take a little action for yourself and uh, ensure that you have some answers to some of those questions that Don just brought up. And while you're at the website, if you'd like to drop us an email, you certainly can do so. We take those from time to time on the podcast. So let's do a cash connection here and take a question, Don, from Martha in Colt's Neck. She says, uh, hey, Don, I, I bought a long-term care insurance policy 20 years ago. I received a letter stating that the rate is going up again. This is the third time that this rate has changed. They are giving me a list of options to change the coverage and keep the premium unchanged. What do you think I should do? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Martha needs some help. Yeah, you know, Mark, if I had a, a dollar for every time I received a long-term care insurance <laughs> question from the public or client. You'd be hanging out with oh, Bezos? <laughs> yeah, I'd be hanging out with Bezos or I'd have Tom Brady's income. There you go. Uh, it would be it would be up there. Uh, but, you know, without knowing all of the details, Mark, it, it's hard to say exactly what Martha should do here. You know, that being said, the first thing that I typically suggest is take a deep breath right? Don't react emotionally. Gather all the information on the policy. Things like the daily or monthly benefit, the benefit period, uh, whatever inflation benefit you might have on the coverage, the elimination period on the policy that's typically called the deductible. If you bought the policy 20 years ago, Martha, chances are the premium was very low for a long period of time and has only you know, fairly recently gone up, let's say over the past, let's say five, seven, eight, ten 10 years. There are some benefits to the older policies that are typically not common or available to new policies, like the inflation benefit. Typically, the older policies, Mark, had mm -hmm. this automatic 5% cost of living okay. benefit, mm -hmm. uh, and they had unlimited benefits uh, 10 or 20 years ago, where now the benefits are all pretty much limited in the coverage. But like many people who took these policies years ago, I'm in the same situation. My wife and I, we, we bought a, a policy from GE Capital. It was part of General Electric back then. Now it's Genworth, but okay. this was many years ago. Mm -hmm. So the the daily benefit on our policy started out at something like $150 a day. It was like $55,000 a year. Now it's like $400 a day because of this inflation benefit. Right. Close to $150,000 a year each, and the benefits unlimited. And it cover all these policies cover in-home care, assisted living, nursing home care. And we just received a letter in the, in the mail that the premium is increasing again on the plan. So I'm considering changing the daily benefit from $400 to $300, and this will lower the premium by 25%. Oh, okay, pretty. So good. it may or may not be a good move for Martha or people, you know, in that position. Mm -hmm. It really depends on your personal situation. But in general, realize that the older policies are typically much better values than what's being offered today. Even though the rate change is unpleasant, if it's affordable, I often suggest you know keeping what you have in place because likely you're closer to needing the coverage now than you were 20 years ago. True. And you could always lower the benefits in the future and lower the premium, but you can't increase the benefits in the future. Once you make that move lowering the benefits, it's pretty much irrevocable. But above all, don't react emotionally and do something rash like cancel the coverage or significantly reduce the coverage uh, because the cost of care here in New Jersey and nationwide is 
It's only going up continually. The problem didn't go away. The, the solution may have just gotten a, a bit more expensive. Yeah, I mean, definitely, Martha, have a, a more in-depth conversation uh, to Don's point, you know, really evaluate the pros and cons before taking any action. And of course, folks, you should always do that when you listen to something on our show or any other financial related show. Uh, check with your specific, your qualified professional like Donnie's a CPA and a CFP and really get specific on your on your scenario, you know, before you take any action. We're talking a bit in generalities here. So 800-664-1183. Thanks so much, Martha, for the question. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Podcast. Don't forget, folks, if you haven't subscribed, you can do so on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, any platform that does podcasting. We're pretty much on all of those. And to make it easy, you can find all of that at doncashpodcast.com. That's doncashpodcast.com. And there's ways to subscribe and click the links there. Of course, you can also just find it on your smartphone. Most of the time, these uh, things have these apps pre-installed already. Don, thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. So uh, I guess, you know, we'll find out uh, who is the rich right? to the government's point. You know, a lot more of us are rich than uh, than we think we are anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Often, you know, when you're thinking about the rich, it's the man in the mirror, Mark. There you go. I like that. Or woman. Or woman. That's very true. <laughs> well, you have yourself a great week, folks. Don, take care of yourself. We'll see you soon here on the podcast. This is Your Money and Your Life. We'll be back right around the 4th of July. So we'll talk to you soon here on the show, folks. Take care. Stay safe and We'll see you next time here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.